I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Hosted by Rob McLean and Leanne Crichton. Yep, it's the summer edition here, 5 till 6, the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited with the former Scotland and Rangers captain Barry Ferguson. And it's Barry's last show for a few weeks because you're getting a summer break. You've got Aloha as well. So we've been asking uh, for the listeners to call in and send us some questions for Barry about his time with Rangers, with Scotland, anything they want whatsoever. 0808 17 17 700. Well, we didn't realise, Barry, last night. That's the Euros. That's it. England have won it 2-0 last night against Germany. And they've gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I've got to agree with you. Um, when uh, I watched the game just before yeah. we obviously played our game last night, and you would think they had won the the, the Euros. It's actually the quarterfinals they're in, and they've still to play Ukraine. Um, but yeah. to be honest with you, last night they did look good. He changed the formation. Second um, half. Yeah. yeah, the second half they were really good, and Harry Kane's back on the on the score sheet, obviously. Um, so look that. Like down in England, they believe they're going to win it. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe they are favourites now. Um, are they your favourites to win? They're, yeah, because France are yeah, out. France, yeah. as you just mentioned, their France yeah. are out. Um, so England have got a real good chance. But but you're quite right there. This morning when you woke up and you listened to the, the radio <laughs> and the TV, yeah. you'd think they'd won the, the Euros. Um, but they've still got a lot of football to play. They've still got three games to win before they actually do win it um, and they've got a, a tough one against Ukraine mm. Ukraine are um, well, a stuffy team a real stuffy mm-hmm. team when I've watched them there's, there's not like anybody jumps out and I would say that they're outstanding players mm. um, but that'll be a tough one for England but their favourites to win that one for me yeah the Swedes looked to be in top last night at Hamden but it's the Ukraine that go right at the end mm. the last minute of extra time so they're through so this weekend on Friday in St Petersburg it's Switzerland against Spain you can't discount Spain as well and then at 8 in Munich it's Belgium number one team in the world against Italy many people's favourites to win the Euros and then on Saturday in Baku Czech Republic against Denmark so Denmark, as we know, in our section in the World Cup qualifiers. And Czech Republic, who beat us, well, that's just over two weeks ago, Barry. And then Ukraine against England or in Rome in the Stadio Olimpico. You're enjoying the tournament. There's some fantastic football. And the night before as well. I mean, who would have thought France would go out? Yeah, they were, uh, I tipped France. Um, they were my favourites to win it. Um, but listen, you've got to take your hat off to Switzerland. Mm. Um, they were fantastic on the night um, you just look at France's squad they've got some unbelievable individuals but as a team they just didn't play to their strengths um, and Switzerland thoroughly deserved to get through into the quarterfinals and it shows you anyone can miss a penalty the keeper did well and it was Kylian Mbappe that last penalty yep I mean for me I think he's only 21 he, he is a, a superstar there's no yeah. doubt about <laughs> it but the, the best players Paul in the world can miss penalties Um and thankfully for Switzerland, Mbappe did miss it. Um, but that was a shock result, if I'm being honest with you. I think everybody 
um, believed or thought that France would um, breeze into the quarterfinals. If you want to speak to Barry, it's your last chance for what four weeks, and then you'll be back on the week of the season getting back underway itself but the programme will continue every night five until six Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited 0808 17 17 700 and already people are on the socials asking questions Barry about uh, you during your career what's the Rangers and Celtic news uh, Edouard trained with Celtic today there's been speculation about the future of Lee Griffiths I'm going to bring you some some news on that in the next hour for Celtic fans stay tuned there's uh, different reports about his future we'll uh, we'll talk about that during this programme and Morella is still waiting to hear is he staying or is he off to Porto or somewhere else what do you reckon and I see well first of all Morella's no update yet he's, he's agreed terms with Porto but the clubs haven't yep they've not agreed a fee and Rangers um, are in a good position in terms of they can hold out and get the money that they believe that he's valued at and I think that's 15 million plus Paul um, 15 yeah plus yeah but I do believe that I think last season as I said he improved he, become a, he became sorry a real team player he never scored as many goals in previous seasons but I thought I thought his link up play was really good um, really played well in, in Europe and obviously scored against Celtic which he, he failed to do in a number of games um, so listen I don't think Rangers in the rush they, you don't want to lose your, your best players mm. Um, it depends on what the, the buying club is willing to pay and I think Rangers have got to ask for in the region of 15 million plus and someone you played alongside for many years the goalkeeper Alan McGregor the former Scotland number one he's definitely the Rangers number one what season he had yeah. and he said that he had to he had to stay he couldn't leave without uh, saying farewell to the fans next season yep listen what can I say about Alan McGregor last season yeah. he was absolute phenomenal he's just getting better wage and I think that news that came out um, a month or six weeks before the, the season ended that he was signing a, a year's extension I'm sure the Rangers fans would have been over the moon yeah. um, in terms of as a goalkeeper as a guy as a person he, he, he's top class and he proved that last season I thought some of his performances won Rangers the games mm. um, a lot of people go and look at Morelos Kent guys like that but he single-handedly won games of football for Rangers with his performances. Biggest save of the season, January the 2nd. Lee Griffiths. That was it. Yep, fingertip save. Um, and if you look back in that game, when he fingertipped it onto the post, he was he was looking for a, a goal kick. <laughs> that, that's the type of guy sure. he is, but that, yep. was a, that was a wonder save. And he, he's a wonderful goalkeeper, and as I said, I could see the signs of that when he was a young boy coming through. Mm. And he's had a, an unbelievable career and he's just got better and better and he was absolutely outstanding last year. Here's for Kenny. Kenny on the line, a Rangers fan. Kenny, good evening. Good evening, guys. Good evening, Barry. How you doing, Kenny? Not oh, bad, mate. Listen, there was a question that I wanted to ask you, but there was obviously a story that came with the question. Uh, many moons ago, I worked at Murray Park when you were there. Um, I worked on the under soil heating in the training park. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously when Mr. Le Guin was there. And um, you took time out of your busy schedule. And you came and you signed my Scotland flag that day that we were working there. And you were, honestly, you've been my hero for day one. But the big question I want to ask you is, who would you take the ball off? What Rangers player would you take the ball off to take a penalty for? Right, so if it was a penalty, if you were... Who were the main penalty takers 
uh, in your time. I was the main penalty taker when I was there until yep. I missed two penalties against Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up at Dens Park. I actually got a third penalty. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember the game um, like it was just yesterday. And the guys were looking round about and looking at me to go and take the third penalty. Yeah. So there was no chance. Who did you give it to? Uh, Mikel Arteta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, stepped up, who's an old yeah. bad uh, replacement, stepped up yeah. and, and slotted at home. But that, that was a, a tough journey home for me I, I just felt sick like um, you, you don't want to miss one penalty is bad mm. enough but missing two penalties in a game um, it just wasn't good enough if I'm being honest with you and thankfully Mikel stepped up and, yep. and slotted in and we actually got a point um, in that game and if we didn't get a point I think we may have struggled to win the league so it was a crucial one it was a yep. crucial one because I, I felt it, it laid in my shoulders uh-huh. we, we yep. missing the two penalties and that's the kind of responsibility I took on my shoulders. It just wasn't good enough. You've got to accept that. And you've got to let somebody else now uh, step up and, and take the, the penalty. Kenny, what other memories do you have of Barry? Anything else you want to ask him about those years? You know, I was looking at it as he came in this afternoon. 431 games for Rangers over the two spells. You were there from 97 to 2009. Obviously, a couple of years at Blackburn in between. 60 goals, 45 Scotland caps. And your debut on the 10th of May, 1997, uh, under Dick Advocat. No, Walter Smith. Is it Walter? Yeah. Ah. At Tynecastle. That's what happens in Wikipedia, right? Yeah. Okay. But you should have asked me that before the show started. Uh, yeah. Start that one again. <laughs> yeah, so it was Walter, first of all. Yeah, of course. Yep. yep. It, that was, um, they were they'd, uh, they were going for nine in a row. They'd won nine in a row. Mm-hmm. And that was the last game at, at Tynecastle. And I was round about the, the first team squad at that stage, uh, training, and I was just, I was desperate to get, obviously, a shot. And obviously, Rangers had won the, the, the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I played in the team with one of my heroes, Ian Durant. Mm-hmm. It was great to play in the, the middle of the park with him. And it, it was a great occasion, not just for myself and my family, but my dad, obviously, my brother had played with Rangers and my dad seen his, his other son um, go and yeah. make his debut for Rangers. It was a proud day for everybody connected to the family. And you played alongside Derek a few times. You played a few games with Derek. No, against, against him. Against him, yeah. Mm. This one's completely wrong then. I'm throwing the Wikipedia out the window. <laughs> So you didn't ever play alongside him? No, I no. played against him. Right, okay. When he was at yep. Dunfermline. Against him yep. there. Kenny, what was your favourite moment of Barry Ferguson over the years? Well, I think, obviously, when I started becoming a Rangers fan, when you could walk into that enclosure, when the old enclosure was there, you get your goosebumps, and your goosebumps never left. But every time that I always watched Barry, see, when you, Barry, when you walked, even you and your, your good mate, Charlie Miller, as well, I pass Charlie Muller every day and I always get the goosebumps come by when he's out walking his dog every day and all. <laughs> it's just the feeling of being at Ibrox and you see the shivers and the goosebumps you get when you walk out that tunnel and that lasting for 90 minutes. It's, it's, it's unspeakable, do you know what I mean? And it's true what other people say about different clubs, but when you go to watch away teams and all that kind of stuff, but see when you're at Ibrox, Absolutely, goosebumps all the time. Yeah, that that's the way I felt when I, I walked up, I walked out. Sorry, the the tunnel when I was rep, representing Rangers. Um, I was doing something that guys like Kenny, who were in the, the enclosure, everybody that was inside that stadium, I was living the dream. I was doing something that they would have loved to have have done. Look, it was through a lot of hard work as well that I got there, but. That's one thing I always, um, I never took it for granted when I walked out there. I, I knew 
what it meant, not just to me, but the people in the stands. So what was it like when you were sold? Because the club needed the money. Yeah, that, that was a, diff a, a difficult one, Paul, if I'm being honest with you. Um, it, it wasn't nice. Um, but listen, I managed to get back two years later. Um, and that was the, the most important thing. I knew after a couple of weeks, look, no disrespect to uh, Blackburn or whatever, um, I, I enjoyed my time. There was real good people down there, but nothing beats playing with, with Rangers yeah. and the old firm. The pressure, I enjoyed the pressure. Mm -hmm. And that's something that when I went and played down in the Premier League, um, you maybe get it at the top three or four clubs where you, you're expected to win. Um, and I, I didn't really get that when I was elsewhere, but mm -hmm. at Rangers... You knew in that dressing room before you were walking out and out to that pitch at three o'clock that you had to make sure you'd done everything to get three points. And that's the pressure I enjoyed. And we know you missed the derby. Kenny, thanks for that call. Gordon is on the line now. Hi, Gordon. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? I not too bad, mate. Getting there. Right, you're right through to Barry. What do you want to ask him? Uh, I was just wondering that I went, uh, I went right through... Well, I've been to quite a lot of a European games, but went right through the run to Manchester and that. But I was just wondering, Barry, what was your, what would you say was your your most favourite away European atmosphere or most hostile mm. atmosphere? A, that, that, that's a good question. I don't yeah. know if you remember we played a team in Greece called Pauk Salonica. Mm -hmm. Aye. Do you remember Aye. that? I remember that. that I, was, I never went. My dad went, but I didn't. That was intimidating, to be honest with you. Um, there was there was quite a number. That was probably the most intimidating atmosphere. In what way? What was it like? Just hostile. Huh? Yep. yep. There were. Um, I remember that the fans were in about two hours before the game. Mm -hmm. the The stadium was near enough full, um, and then there was a big guy that came out with a, a leather waistcoat, both the head tattooed with a big drum and started battering the drum. And that was a drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was. A, thank God it was a drum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that was that was intimidating yeah. over there. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed enjoy going to places that they were trying to intimidate you. You love the cut and thrust. Yeah, but I like yeah. I like to, um, and also the same. I mean, the, the closest one here. There's no better than Old Firm Derby when you go to Celtic Park and yeah. they're, they're shouting all sorts. Um, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I enjoy people trying to make me intimidated. Mm -hmm. I think that that brought the best out of me. Gordon, what else do you want to ask Barry? What was your highlight of the years? That, yeah, or some of them that you remember with Barry Ferguson as the captain? Well, I went right, as I said, I went right through, I, I went to quite a lot of European away games, but mm. I went to everyone right through the run to Manchester. And sure. I was going to say, I think Red Star uh, away, that was quite, that was probably the most intimidating. But for my favourite game was uh, in Florence, obviously, when Nacho scored that penalty to put us through. I absolutely loved that. It was probably it was one of the ones, yeah. Always going to be able to tell the grandmans and that growing up. I'll be able to tell my wee boy and that, that I was there with my dad. Um, it was just, it was just an amazing feeling. Because even when we did it to 10 men, it was just one of the ones we never ever thought we were actually going to make the final. Well, I didn't anyway. I, I kind of thought, oh, we're, we're done for. And then when it went to penalties, you got that, that kind of belief. And it was just when it actually, when it happened and when the ball went in, it took a while to sink in. I just remember walking outside the stadium the first thing you done was just that clamour to try and get tickets and the panic because you knew it was in Manchester and you knew how many people were going to be there but uh, I, for me that was by far one of my best memories I think I absolutely loved that Barry, yeah. I just back 
I'm glad Gordon enjoyed the penalties because I didn't. I no. missed the first penalty. <laughs> I missed the first one. I didn't. I didn't know what to say. Yeah, that, but <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, Gordon. See, see when I went up, and I actually struck it quite well. To be fair, I will say that the keeper made a, a decent save. But I remember turning and, and looking at my teammates, and you know, to be fair to them, they were all like, "Listen, get in here. Come on, it's all right. We'll we'll still do it." That that was the kind of spirit that that squad. It wasn't the best team that I played in in terms of quality. Mm. But the team spirit, ah, the amongst spirit yeah, amongst that group was um, that's what made us successful. That was the um, that you were was, hard to beat, weren't you? That's what made us get that run. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, I me and Gordon will agree. At home, we played a different way. We, we kind of went for teams at Ibrox away from home. It wasn't great to watch, if I'm being honest with you. But we had a certain way of playing. We were tough to beat, tough to play against. Right. But that was a. Just when Nacho did score that penalty, it was just relief. R- relief. Yeah, I was the first one to Nacho, yeah. believe me when I said that. Um, <laughs> and then it was just... It was, it was yeah, and it was a great atmosphere. And mm. it was a bit surreal. Like, you've, meet, uh, you've sorry, reached a, mm-hmm. a major final. final. Yep. Yep, I mean, a European final. And um, I know you feel at the final, you wish you could have... Yeah, I think if you it. ask any of the yep. team, Paul, mm. if you go through that starting 11 and the guys were, were on the bench, you seen the amount of fans that were down in Manchester. Um, just felt we, we let them down. We just didn't play at the levels we did in the previous rounds. And the semi-final, quarter-final, last 16. Mm. That's the thing that kind of still grates on me, that we never played at the levels we know we should have. Because... Um, the support we had throughout that campaign was phenomenal. Gordon just mentioned there, he went to every away game. That's what got us through as well. Bay fans travelling everywhere to watch us. Gordon, you'll be travelling next season, hopefully in the Champions League. Uh, well, here's Wharton. That's uh, I was kind of looking through uh, some of the teams uh, last night and as, as quite, we've got quite a, a hard few teams we've got to get through. I know you've got, like say, with Slavia Prague and that there again and um, possibly Galatasaray but the way we've been playing in Europe even the past couple of weeks Gerard even first came in we look as if we could take on MD in Europe and even if we come up against Slavia Prague again I thought up until I don't know if it's me just been a bit delusional or biased but I thought right up until came our roof gets in I, I thought we were coming into a, a good game we were starting to put them under a bit of pressure and had a right good feeling right until they get sent off so I think MD may qualifiers on our day we can beat MD and I've genuinely get quite a bit of confidence that we'll get through the Champions League and get hopefully get that prize money and shoot on to there I, I think Gordon's spot on see Rangers in Europe that we play a certain style that, that suits it and um, we brought that and domestically as well mm. that was the difference last year um, they continued that sort of European form into the league campaign um, and honestly I believe if, sometimes you need need the luck of the, the draw and the qualifiers there, there is a couple of decent teams as Gordon just mentioned there yeah. sometimes you need a wee bit of luck miss one or two of them out And um, but what what a what a chance it is you spoke about it Monday Paul £14 million to get into that huge, group stage that, that yep. is huge and the manager will be putting that across to the players and um, I'm, I'm hopeful they can do it Gordon great call The Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from 5 Wednesday evening the Go Radio Football Show 5 to 6 remember we're on set the dial set the alarm 
Great weather, Barry, isn't it? The summer is here in Glasgow in the West. Superb, a bit cloudy when huh? I woke up this morning, but it's opening up tonight. But uh, today, sorry, yeah. but the weather when when Scotland's got this sort of weather, Paul, it's what a country it is. Beautiful, isn't it? It is. It's stunning. What about Rafa Benitez? He's back on Merseyside, he's there, but it's across Stanley Park, isn't it? At Goodison, what do you make of it? He's the new a three-year deal manager of Everton. It's yeah, hard to believe. It, it, yeah. it is hard to believe because obviously he was successful at, at Liverpool. Yeah. We um he done a fantastic job there. Um so look when when it came out last week that Everton were, were in talks with him, I, I was a bit surprised mm. and you you maybe think I don't think this is going to happen, but Obviously signed a three-year contract a couple of hours ago. And what Everton are getting, they're getting a top manager who's managed at the top level. Um, Liverpool, Real Madrid and so on. So he's um, he knows the game inside out. Tactically, when you listen to players who have been coached under him, say that he's one of the best about. Um, he knows the game, as I said. Mm-hmm. He studies the game. And he's real. He's, he's uh, got real experience. So, I think Everton have made a, a wise choice because the money that Everton have spent, Paul. If you look oh, back huge. the last couple of years, yep. um, they, they should be trying or at least be getting in that top yeah. six with the sort of yep. finances that they've been throwing about in transfer fees. They fell away badly this season, they did. didn't they? They did yep. towards the last two or three months. Yep. They, did, they started off really well mm. um, the turn of the year their form dipped a wee bit but I mean you go back as I, I keep saying the, the money that's been shelled out at Everton has been has been crazy at times There'll be transfer news coming over the summer Rangers Celtic obviously there's a well, there's a rebuild job to be done uh, Edouard was pictured in training today we wonder if he'll be off soon or will Ange Postacoglu persuade him to stay and there's lots of reports about Lee Griffiths could he be going he didn't feature much last season and he missed out in the Euros uh, finally in the squad but um, I wouldn't be surprised Barry if he signs a new contract tomorrow I think he is going to continue at Celtic uh, just watch out there's stuff in social media but we reckon that he is going to stay at Celtic. And you've been saying it may be a different deal this season, but he's still special. At 30 years old, he can still do it. Yeah, well, listen, at 30 years old, you should be in the peak of your career. Um, look, it was a, a, a tough one for him. Look, you, you see what's reported in the media about during the, the first COVID lockdown, no turning up and, and doing extra sessions. You, you don't know how truthful that is. I know Neil Lennon done an interview about it. Um, but listen, one thing you can't deny is the qualities that Lee Griffiths has got. Um, it's always been labelled against him. He's, he's not the fittest. He, he, he maybe no look after himself as, as good as he can. Um, but now if he's going to stay at Celtic and he's going to get offered an hard year's contract, this is a chance for him to go and prove people wrong. Can he get that fitness back? The sharpness, do you think? Yeah, but if you put your mind to it, um, and you go and you, you look after yourself as best as possible. When you when you get to 30 and over, a lot of people think, oh, you're coming to the end of your career. You just look now modern day footballers, uh, the way they're looked after, what they eat, how they prepare. You can play 36, 37, 38, no problem. Um, but it's down to how much you want it, personally. Um, and if Lee Griffiths is going to get that chance, I think he, he'll need to grab it with both hands because, as I said to you, Paul, when he's fit and he's on his game, He's a, he's a top centre forward. It's his last chance though, isn't it? At Celtic. 100% it will be, yep. 
look out for him signing a new contract in the next day or two we think that he will be staying at Celtic and we'll bring you more news as it comes in of the transfers over the summer loads of questions coming in for you Barry let's just take one of them here Blair Mulgrew has been on on Twitter he says Barry was the skinhead haircut you had was that a fashion choice or was it a tactic to intimidate the opponents that's his first question for you <laughs> <laughs> no it, it wasn't do you know what it was there's a story behind that um, yes. I'd bought clippers right <laughs> and I wanted my, my hair um, short but not too short so I said to my missus, can you cut it? Um, so I was wanting a number four, but she never put the the, the blade on top of it. Yep. And um, went to cut and cut the bottom of it and it was right into the, the wood. So there was a line right up the back yep. of my head and there's nothing more I could do. I just had to take it all off. Yep. And when I took it all off, it just looked, uh, looked sorry, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and that week, I got it took off. We played Celtic and obviously got beat 6-2. I get sent off and I got myself into a bit of bother after the game. Is that when you um, chucked the ice at Martin O'Neill? No, no. No, no. Was that a different game? That was yeah. a different game. <laughs> um, but no, it wasn't a fashion choice. It wasn't a tactic to intimidate um, anybody. I, I wasn't really into that. that intimidation was making sure you I play? got the ball and how I played. Yep, the game. Um, but that was the story behind that. That haircut, so and I never had that haircut again, never, believe me. Never again. So he's definitely not Taylor Ferguson, the Glasgow hairdresser. <laughs> it's Barry Ferguson who is with us. And we're looking back. Barry's taken a few weeks off from here, but he will be back in the first week of the season. But you've got a lot to do at Allow as well. Blair's also asking, Barry, what was your favourite pair of boots? What what boots were you? I had a pair Adidas, of boots. I, yeah. no, no, I had a pair of night mercurials that I had for three years. And what? Three years, a I wore them. Of, one, yeah, that, one pair of boots. Not um, that style, that one pair of boots? The, wow. the same pair of boots I wore for, for three years. Jimmy Bell, the kit man, when they started to rip or whatever, <laughs> took them to the cobblers. <laughs> and there was patches, I've still got them. I've wow. got them. Um, the last game I wore them was in the Scottish Cup final against Celtic. Mm -hmm. um, by that stage, they were, they were done. And I still get the boots, Paul, um, in the house. And I've kept them, I've still got the... No, when you win the cup, they spray all the confetti. Yeah. The confetti mm -hmm. still on the bottom of them and they retired after that after that game. So they were my favourite pair of boots. That might be in the Guinness Book of Records, James, I reckon. Three years, a pair of boots. Yeah, but Jimmy Bell season, looked yeah. after them really yeah. well. As right. I said, when uh -huh. they started to rip, they get took to the cobblers and I'll bring them in and show you. They're all patched up, okay. different bits of leather on them. Yep. Uh, Jake is on the line, a Rangers fan. Hi, Jake. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Good. How are you? Just enjoying as well. It's absolutely lovely, isn't it? Fantastic, isn't it? We will be going out later. Uh, Jake, uh, you're right through to Barry. I, yeah, I've, I've been on a few times and it's always something that I've wanted to ask. Um, I heard the guy a, a few few guys ago was talking about the 2008 run to Manchester um, and you also you obviously talked about the final there and you say you regretted it a wee bit. But I just wanted to ask, if, if, you, were the, if you were the manager, Obviously, we all know how great Watersmith is, but if you were the manager that day, would you have changed anything in regards to the team line or anything to do with the tactics? Would you have changed any players or anything? Just something I've always wanted to know. Good question. See, yeah, that's yeah. a good question. See, to be fair, Jake, Jake, see, because we were so successful throughout the full campaign, mm -hmm. I think that's the reason why um, we stuck to it. And also the amount of games we had, um, there, there was people carrying injuries, so we couldn't make many, many changes. If I'm being honest with you, but that yeah, didn't really help us. Yeah, but didn't. Um, and I'm not using that as an excuse because we, we we didn't perform anywhere near 
um, what we did in previous rounds. Um, but I just thought that system with, with that squad and, and the personnel really suited us. Just on the night against Zenit, we just weren't good enough. That, that's that's my honest opinion. And I think if you ask any of the guys who, who were involved in the game, um, would say the same thing. We just didn't bring our A game to the party. And that was a disappointing thing for me because I know what it meant to all the Rangers fans. I know what it meant to myself. And as I mentioned previously, you just the support, not just in that final, but throughout that full campaign, it was unbelievable. Jake, anything else you want to ask Barry about uh, yeah, or think was, about over um, the years? Yeah, it was about you mentioned um you mentioned earlier on the show about the whenever the situation every left of Blackpool you knew mm-hmm. within a few weeks or black uh, Blackburn, sorry, mm-hmm. that you knew it wasn't um you knew you just wanted to come back to the Angels and then obviously you left the second time to Birmingham. And I just wanted to know if there was ever a point in between the days at Birmingham and when you eventually retired and you went into player management at Blackpool, was there ever a time that you felt you could come back to the Angels or was there ever a time you really, really wanted to or anything? With, I don't know how long the period was, but it was a few years or what. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being honest with you, Jake, uh, I had been twice at Rangers um, and I didn't, I, I just felt uh, there was never an opportunity of him being honest with you but if that opportunity did arise I don't think I would have took it because I had so much success in the first period and then in the, the second period as well I just felt at times it's better just being left like that um, I was yeah. lucky enough Jake if I'm being honest with you no too many players get that opportunity to come back a second time I know a lot of people say you should never do that but I was never going to give that opportunity up when, when it came and I was lucky enough yeah. that that opportunity came to me to come back. And, and you were but, still young. Yep, and I come back up and I, I was still successful in yeah. terms of winning mm-hmm. trophies. And that's what it's all about as a young boy growing up, mm-hmm. supporting the team um, that I always followed to go and win trophies. There's no better feeling. I think Jake, and he came back um, hungry for more success. You know, he was still a young man. But you didn't, well, you didn't, I don't know if you didn't settle, but you've just said it yourself. You missed it. You wanted to be just the, missed the intensity, yeah. Paul. Yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. missed the, the pressure. And you say that about the old firm game. Yeah, but it's just like, from a young age when I went full time at 15, mm-hmm. it's something that um, it got drilled into me that you're, you're under pressure every single game, even playing in the youth team, even playing in the reserves. You're always expected to win. And I enjoyed that pressure being mm-hmm. on my shoulders. And I just couldn't. Couldn't work out when I went down south. If you drew a game, you would um, get maybe applauded off. If you drew a game at Ibrox, the fans <laughs> weren't happy and they'd every right to, yeah. to be like that because they expected you to win games of football and that's the way they got, that I get brought up. Plain and simple from a young age with my, my uh, youth and reserve coaches, John McGregor and John Brown. And then when I went into the first team with Walter Smith and Archie Knox, it was the exact same. You used the word drill. They yeah. drilled things into you, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> when I used to get the underground and the train home and then I had that 10-minute walk back to my mum and dad's bit at times at night, six o'clock, half six, seven o'clock, I wondered if I could continue to handle mm-hmm. it. But they'd done it for a reason. Um, they, they put pressure on you. They were, they, were, they were hard on you. But you know what? I reaped the benefits of that. They saw the potential. Did you ever think of chucking it? No, yeah, well, yeah. listen, it was just sometimes you walked on the home way home. And, aye, and I just think, I, I yeah. don't know if I can go <laughs> any more of this in terms of 
uh, they were on top of mm. you constantly. Um, I had bad dreams about Archie Knox or whatever. But and Jake, he was making the toast for for Walter and Archie. That, that was my job, and uh, we yeah. had jobs as an apprenticeship, <laughs> and my job was the staff room, um, and I had to obviously get their kit from the laundry room, fold it, put it in the and obviously the staff room, and I had to go and make tea and toast as well. Good toaster, you. Yeah, hands, well, yeah. Archie, that, that was his decision, Archie Knox at the time. Um, <laughs> if it came down and it was soggy, it got threw back at me. So I had to go back <laughs> up the marble stairs and, and make another round of toast. Jake, it's great to hear uh, the stories. Barry is only going away for a few weeks, so we, we just decided today to give you a chance to talk about some of the moments. Uh, what about next season? How are you feeling? Uh, football obviously not going away. We're loving uh, the Euros, most of the games. Uh, what are you thinking for next season with Rangers? Well, first and foremost, I'm just hoping that I'll be back in Ibrox to actually see them. Um, well, you heard Jason Leach, sorry, Jason Leach of the weekend saying, uh, hopefully from August, the second week in August, yeah, should be full houses again. So, fingers uh, crossed. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe yeah. it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, have you missed it, Jake? Yeah. Obviously, missed being at the games. Obviously, it must have been hard with the, the success that Rangers had this season. No being there and cheering them on. Yeah, it was difficult. I've been a season ticket holder all my life and it was... Was, it was difficult, especially because obviously we've been through the, the the nine or ten years of hut, and then going down the away games, doing in Shunrad and all that. Do you know what I mean? And then you come up and you finally get this chance where it looks like it's going to happen, and you don't even get a chance to see the players. That was at the obviously I know we talk about it was obviously wrong and stuff, but obviously I was there in May when they got the trophy and stuff. You couldn't even outside the stadium and all that. You couldn't even see the players lifting in. It was just just one of those things. It was. At the time, you're like annoyed, but you hope that they can just replicate it next season and go for 56, maybe even get an Orby trophy in there, get a cheeky Champions League run as well. It's just, you just need to hope. But I think, I think they'll do it. I think they'll go. Um, I know they've already brought in your boy Fashion Sakal. Yep. They've got that. Um, I, I, I can't believe well, the name. Born. I think it's a Dorson. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for Bournemouth. I uh, said Bournemouth. I. Um, no played a lot of games last year, but um, he looks a big boy. I saw a couple of photos of him in training. He looks mm-hmm. big, big, big boy. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully can, they can come in and do something. I still think there'll be a couple of more transfers. And I have heard a couple of rumours about young Gilmore. I've heard that he doesn't want to go to Norwich and he's oh. itching to get Champions League football. So that could be coming in. Well, the word is that he is signing there tomorrow. You know, on loan at Norwich. That's uh, Yeah, I heard, yeah. I heard that, but apparently yeah. he's the one that's saying... He needs to guarantee himself game time, and they are saying that, like, do you know, what I mean, it's what we can't guarantee you thirty-eight games a year, which I think is crazy for a boy of that talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Like what Jake's <laughs> just mentioned there, I would uh, like you would take him in a minute. He's just a wonderful young footballer. I think he's just only going to get better and better. And as I said to you, in time he will be um, the number six or number eight for Chelsea in the future there's no doubt about it but I would love to see him come up here to Scottish football I would love to see that happen but who knows it would be electric wouldn't it Jake thanks for that call The Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from five thanks Chris the hour is flying in here the Go Radio Football Show over 700,000 downloads uh, fantastic Barry it's going up and up and you have re-signed for the new season Yep, looking forward to it. As I said, Paul, yep. I've really enjoyed it from uh, we started um, in August and it's just getting better and better and great team we've got, not just in the studio but behind the scenes as well. So no, thoroughly enjoying it and looking forward to a wee break for three weeks yep. um, but looking forward to the new season, I'll be honest with you. Um, interesting to see 
who Rangers sign, how mm. the new Celtic manager does, who he brings in. So, no, I'm really excited about next season. I think people think it is going to be, you know, more of a battle from Celtic. Who would have believed a year ago it's would Rangers challenge? Could they stop the, the charge towards 10 in a row? And it's completely changed. Rangers start as the favourites and Celtic, Postacoglu is in town. And I think the Celtic fans now... They just want to get going. Who is coming in for Celtic? Who's going to be there? Mm-hmm. And we're giving you news tonight. We think that uh, Lee Griffiths will be staying, but so many more players to come. A few changes, a few people on the move. Jake Doyle-Hayes has left yeah. uh, St Mirren. He's gone to Hibs. Good. I like him, yep. Paul. Um, when I watched St Mirren, he was one of the players who stood out a number of times. Um, I thought it looked like he was going to Dundee United mm-hmm. the last couple of days um, but Hibs have got a, a real good player there and um, a good bit of business um, from Jack Ross Aidan McGeady he hasn't retired he signed another one year deal at the Stadium of Light so he's staying at Sunderland It just shows you how football can change Paul um, he was out of the picture for a, a long time um, at Sunderland they changed the manager and the new manager came in and played him and he was a vital part of that that team Um and again, I, I think it. I think there was two or three occasions I, I seen him. Um, I watched Sunderland, mm. and he still got it. Yep. Ian McGee, there's mm-hmm. no doubt he's always had ability. Um, and again, it's another one. Uh, everybody says, "Oh, he's 35, 36. Mm. Age is only a number. As long as you look after yourself, you can continue to play um, late into your thirties. And he's looked after himself, hasn't he? Clear. It's, For it's, sure. It's, yep. Yeah. It's, there's there's no doubt about that. Have you? You just watch him and you watch. look at his body shape. Um, and players tend to do that, Paul, when they hit the big 3-0. They know that time is now to, yeah. to, to make sure mm-hmm. they, they prepare right, they eat right, um, they do everything um, to the book to make sure that they prolong their career as, as long as possible. Because believe me when I say this, your playing days are the best days. Was it over in a flash? Was it so quick? It was. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just disappointing that... My, I got to 37 mm-hmm. um, I had a number of operations on my ankle in the last operation the surgeon was just brutally honest with me and just told me if I wanted to go and play five sides or go and play in charity games or, or just have a normal life mm-hmm. in terms of walking without like, pain free that that was my last operation and um, I took head of that and, and decided that was it so your your health is is more important. David Smith's been on, he's a Celtic fan, with huge respect for you, Barry, and he's asked this on Twitter. Barry, if you could change anything about your career, what would it be and why? That's an easy one for me, the Scotland scenario. Hmm. Um, I, I was always proud to play with Scotland, but even prouder to captain my, my country. And, and the way it ended, it was, listen, nobody's, nobody's fault apart from me, just stupidity. And... You learn from your mistakes uh, and that was a big mistake because I ended not just my Scotland career but I ended my Rangers career as well because mm-hmm. I, um, I had to move on and I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to go back down to the Premier League in England so that's one that um, I look, I, I'm no big on looking back my time's no. been and gone and mm-hmm. I had a great career I'll be honest with you I, I lived the dream that hundreds of thousands of people would want to do I played with the team I supported, I represented my, my country, I captained both my my team I supported in Rangers and captained um, Scotland. Um, but And I won many trophies, many, many trophies, but... Um, That'd be the one I'm, thing. That, yeah. That's the one thing that... Um, Is there a moment in that? What that annoys happened? me. Yeah, why did it happen? The fallout with Scotland? Because a certain couple of photographers were, were just annoying me and it was just... Um, 
Uh, I, I I just made the gesture. Yeah. Um, mm. When it came out about the gesture I'd made, um, it was was that towards the Scotland fans. That was a lot of nonsense. No. Always had total respect for the Scotland fans. There was, was just... no, no way was that in your mind at all. It, it wasn't at the fans. Oh, no, no, no chance. No chance. Because fans pay big money. Mm. The Tartan Army and the, the people who come and support you at Hamden or if you play away from home, always respected that. Um, but that that is one thing if I would look back on that, uh, if I would change, I would I would have changed that because I never reached 50 caps either. I missed quite a lot of games, mm. if I'm being honest with mm. you, when it was friendly games. Um, but the managers would, would phone me up and say, listen, we're going to give somebody else an opportunity to see how they, they, they do in international yeah. football. Um, so if I'd played the friendlies, I would have got over 50, but I didn't. And listen, I've got to live with it. You gave everything. That was a moment you would change if you could. That's the only th- yeah, uh, yeah, listen, uh, you can go back and get in games and moments and games where course, yeah. you maybe get sent off, you do something stupid, but that's just the heat of the moment stuff. But in my, my career, as I said to you, I was lucky enough to play with Rangers, I was lucky enough to captain them, to win trophies, Rebels. lucky enough to represent my country and captain them. Player so, of the year on a few yeah, occasions. Yeah, a couple of... Um, sports writers won. Um, you got a six-year deal. So you got a six-year deal at one point. He signed for yep. six years at Rangers. Alan right, has thanks. been on Twitter. He says, Barry, how do you cope? How did you cope with nerves before the big games? So see the really big games, mm-hmm. what was it like? The weight of expectation of the Rangers fans? Well, Paul, plain and simple, and I say to a lot of people about this, if I wasn't nervous before a game or something wasn't mm-hmm. right, yeah. I had to feel the butterflies in my stomach. Whether that was... I was playing against Hamilton Ackies or I was playing against Celtic or I was playing against um, Inter Milan Mm. or Bayern Munich. I still felt the same way every single game and I treated every single game in the same manner Um, and I think that's important. I always respected whoever I come up against uh, in terms of a direct opponent and every team I come up against I always respected. always done my homework as well Mm. on who, who I was playing against what their strengths and weaknesses were um, and I think that's important uh, Callum has been on he's asking do you feel you achieved everything you should have in your career and I wonder if he's maybe thinking about the fact that you were part of some really good Scotland teams but you didn't get to the Euros or or, or World Cup yeah and a lot of people say could you have played higher in the, the, the Premier League there yeah. was a lot of interest um, but listen I'm a big believer in that's the way that my career went um, would I change anything about it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't in terms of um, the level I played it and the trophies that I won. Um, Man United was that possible for you? Th- there was a number of possibilities. There was a, there was always interest, um, but it just never materialised. And as I says, I'm just thankful that I loved the dream. I did, and I'll keep going back to it. When you play in a, a stadium. 52,000 fans every one of the 52,000 would love to have done what I've done mm. um, was it down to luck there is a bit of luck involved um, but there's a lot of hard work involved yeah. as well and a bit of skill <laughs> yeah the people yeah. You, you have the ability but yeah. you've got to go and, and work hard at it it just doesn't um, come to you um, doesn't you, get you laid in seen, a plate you must have seen players over the years really talented but maybe loads, not I've with seen, a focus yeah but I was really focused as a young boy I was strong I was really strong-minded and I, I was determined that um, no matter what came in front of me, because I, I got a few knockbacks when I was younger, Paul, in terms of um, being told that I wasn't strong enough or big enough, which hurt me. 
but it just made me even stronger. Made me even more determined to prove certain people and people know who they are wrong. You must have taken great pleasure from that. I sometimes think that's why one of the reasons with Billy Gilmer, you see in him that because uh, he's like frustra- yeah, one you thing that frustrates me mm-hmm. certainly in Scottish football or in football as a whole. Mm-hmm about the size, about the strength. Aye, yeah. that, that young boy can play football. I don't care about size. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you can handle the ball, um, you know how to use your your strength. You might not be the strongest, um, but I never buy into that about um, no big enough or, or whatever. As long as you've got good qualities, you've got a real chance and you've as long as you've got a good attitude, Paul, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. What's your ambition for Alawa under your leadership? Ryan Kenny is asking on Instagram. Barry Ferguson, what's your answer? To be successful. Um, it was a disappointing campaign for them last year, getting relegated. Um, championship, sorry, is a, a tough league. Aloha are part-time to try and survive in that, and they did the previous season. Um, so this season, it's about getting in and getting them used to the way that I work as well. Because uh, over the last week, I've been obviously talking to them and they've not been used to the type of training that I'm doing. So... It's a working po- uh, progress. Um, we've got four weeks until the, the bread and butter kicks off in terms of the league. We've got the Premier Sports Cup um, in a couple of weeks. So, no, I'm looking forward to it, but there's still a lot of hard work to to get done, Paul. But our ambition is to to try and get out of League One as quick as possible. And we see you in the social media, it was great yesterday. You, with Jordan, you were running for Apart Rachel. Apart from me having my... Um, <laughs> don't worry it's no, no it was annoying me it was annoying me um, I had my heart rate monitor and it looked like showing a, a set of breasts um, <laughs> so that's not it was I had it on the, I, yeah I had it on the inside out back to front because um, I was in a rush James was putting me under pressure um, but no I loved it brilliant for James to get Jordan um, involved and I was more than happy to go down and, and run the 5k down at Strathclyde Park and hopefully we've raised money and we've raised awareness um, for it so brilliant on Go Radio sorting it out and I was as I said to you anything to try and help people out and, and, and raise a, a bit of awareness I'm more than happy Paul to do and I know you were really touched to meet Rachel's family and well done Jordan every day in June you've been doing a 5k listen we're out of uh, time Jokal Day is coming up next after the news Barry who's going to win the Euros though because we're not going to see you for a few weeks I'm going to go Atlee you're going to go Italy. I think they'll beat Belgium on Friday, yeah. Arrivederci. See you soon. Enjoy the summer. We're back tomorrow night. Uh, Rob will be in this very studio with Leanne Crichton. Live at five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.